I was uh, recently speaking to a local firefighter, and in speaking to him, I could see the toll that his job was taking on him. Uh, Not just a physical toll uh, from the very nature of the work, uh, nor was it a toll from working uh, night shifts um, like they do. It was a toll that came from what he saw in the regular workings of his job. He had one particular incident that um, caused him to be diagnosed with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. But it was not that that was taking the toll on him. It was the ongoing nature of what he saw on every single shift. People do not call our emergency responders because things are going well. Every shift, our emergency responders see things that aren't supposed to be that way. It's not supposed to be that way. We're not supposed to have car accidents. We're not supposed to have overdoses. We're not supposed to have people living in poverty. But it's not just our first responders who encounter this. Each one of us encounter this heartache in life. Things will go well, but there will also be heartache. Our text today comes from John chapter 3, and it speaks directly to this. It speaks directly to the heartache that we so often encounter. So as we turn to God's word now, let us pray together. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is given to us that we may have life. We ask now that as we turn to your word, you speak it to us, that you speak it to the depths of our soul, that we may be renewed, that we may find joy, that we may find you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to be reading John chapter 3, beginning at verse 12 and going through to verse 16. Uh, As I prepared this week, um, I kind of adjusted it. So what you see in your uh, folder is uh, is, is a little bit longer than what I'll be reading now. So John chapter 3, uh, 12 to 16. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except him who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, 
but have eternal life. This is the word of God. This text that I have just read is the second part of Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee who had heard of Jesus, heard his teaching, seen what he had done, and came to Jesus at night. Came to him to say, what's going on? Who are you? Nicodemus says, we can see that God is with you. And Jesus' response to him is that nobody can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And Nicodemus responds back by saying, well, how can this be? How can somebody be born again? And Jesus responds back. And in responding back, he quotes from Numbers 21, a passage in the Old Testament that refers to Moses raising up a serpent that the people will look at. We're thinking, what in the world is going on here? It is a seemingly misplaced reference. And in fact, this is the only reference to that text in Numbers 21 that we find in the New Testament. Yet Jesus quotes it here. So what is it that is going on? Well, going back to Numbers 21, we hear the story of the Israelites in the wilderness. They have been released from Egypt by God, and they are wandering. And in their wandering, they are getting impatient. Not just impatient that are we there yet, but a impatience with God for not bringing them where they want to be. Not bringing them there on their terms in the way that they think it should happen. They are grumbling. They are wondering, is God really on our side? They are turning from God. And so as punishment for this, there are serpents that come amongst the Israelites. And these Israel and the serpents bite the Israelites and some of them die. The Israelites recognize this. And they come to Moses and they say, "Save us. Heal us. Pray to God that we may be healed." from these serpents that bite us. And so Moses does pray, and God says to Moses, take a serpent and put it on a pole. And so what Moses does is he makes a bronze serpent and puts it on a pole. And what happens is when the people look at the serpent, they are healed. It is not the serpent itself that is healing them. It is the God behind it. But in the act of obedience, in looking at that serpent, the Israelites are healed. God takes that which is causing death, that is a serpent, and when the people look at it, they are healed. The serpent 
as a symbol for healing is what we see with many medical organizations who use that as a symbol for themselves. We see it on medical alert bracelets. And I've often wondered, that just doesn't make sense. But it's because God worked through it. It was God who provided the healing. So Jesus makes reference to this. Jesus says, just as Moses raised up the serpent and the people were healed, so too must the Son of Man be raised up, that is, lifted up, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Note what is happening here. The serpent was raised up, and they were healed. The very thing that was causing death was raised up. Jesus is raised up on the cross, but it is not Jesus that is causing death. But it is not just Jesus there. It is the sin of the world that is also there on Jesus. Jesus takes that which is causing death, that which is causing brokenness, that which is causing hurt, and uses it to bring eternal life. Every single sin is laid upon Jesus as he is lifted up. Every hurt, every misspoken word, every tear, everything wrong that we have ever experienced, every addiction, every disease, every oppression, every injustice, every abuse, every war, every famine, Every lie, every single thing that is not as it should be is there upon Jesus. I can't fathom that. I speak to a firefighter and he tells me about one shift and I am overwhelmed. Jesus is raised up and everything in all of history that is not as it should be is there upon him. I I can't comprehend that. But then again, I can't comprehend the vastness of our universe. The same God who made the universe with all of its galaxies, all of its stars is the same God who is lifted up. Do you know how many stars there are? There are ten times as many stars as there are grains of sand on earth. Think about that. When I think of that magnitude, 
And I think of the magnitude of the sin that is upon Jesus. I am amazed. Jesus says that when we look to the Son of Man as he is raised up, we will have eternal life. The Israelites looking at the serpent were given life. They were healed from the snake bite. Jesus doesn't say here they will have life. He says they will have eternal life. What is it that is eternal life? Too often we sell ourselves short for what he is talking about here. We think that by eternal life we mean life and unending, which it is. Or we think it is about going to heaven when we die, which we will. But it is so much more. It is so much more than life never ending. It is so much more than simply going to heaven. What is it that we need to understand about eternal life? What does Jesus mean here? To see the depth, or to begin to see the depth of it, we need to understand the way the Jewish people of Jesus' day viewed history. They viewed it in two parts. There was the present age, the age now, and there was the age to come. In the age to come, God would act to judge evil and create a new world of justice and peace. God would create a place where everything was the way it was supposed to be. It was a time in the future. But what Jesus shows us in his life is that that future age is becoming present now. Jesus is living both now, but in that future age to come. And while the full blessing of that age is yet to come, blessings from that age are being experienced now. They are being experienced through the person of Jesus in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. Eternal life is not just unending life. It is not just life in the age to come. It is life where heaven and earth are united together. We need to understand this relationship between heaven and earth because too often we separate the two. We see heaven as some far-off place, perhaps somewhere in the clouds where we will float off to and have a disembodied existence. But heaven is not a far-off place. The Greek word, uranos, is the word we have translated as heaven. What is interesting about this word is that it also means the air. It also means the heavens, which we look up and see. It also means the atmosphere. 
it quite literally means the air we breathe right now. The kingdom of God is a theme throughout the New Testament. But in Matthew's gospel, he doesn't use the term kingdom of God. He uses the term kingdom of heaven. Mark tells us that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is all around us. In the person of Jesus, he is showing us what heaven looks like around us. Jesus is showing us how to live in the reality of this earthly life and in the reality of the new life to come. Jesus came to show us the link between the earthly and the spiritual. Jesus came to show us what this new life looks like. And this new life is of such a difference that it can only be described as new birth. And this is what Nicodemus does not understand. New birth has its conception in looking at Jesus. Not looking at Jesus as a great teacher, which he is. Not looking at Jesus as the smartest person who ever lived, which he is. Not looking at Jesus as a miracle worker, which he is. New birth is comes from looking at Jesus lifted up on the cross and seeing that every sin, every burden, every heartache, all of it is there upon him. The Israelites looked to the pole with a serpent on it and were healed. Jesus calls us to look at him on the cross and see the burden that he is carrying. We can begin to live in this new world, in this new age that's being made present. And it begins by looking at Jesus. As we go through this life, we will continue to be aware that things are not the way they are supposed to be. But because Jesus has been lifted up, we can enter into that eternal life. We can enter into that life where things are the way they are supposed to be. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever should believe in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Amen.